Let's turn to Matthew 25. And we'll read this portion so we get it in a bit of context and the whole story together. Verse 31 to 46, Matthew 25. After this will be passed the question that they, they the disciples, asked in verses, or verse 21, and uh, sorry, verse 3. <laughs> and... The Lord finishes answering and gives more information than they asked for. And then we'll go back in back into what was happening in the Lord's life after he's answered this question. <clears throat> or quit these questions. Verse thirty one And when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all the nations and he shall separate them one from the other as a sheep divideth other shall be shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats and he shall set set the sheep on his right hand and but the goats on his left then shall the king say unto them on his right hand come ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world for I was hungry, and you gave me to meat, and I was thirsty, and you gave me to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee I hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee to drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, in, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, or thir a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, in as much as ye did it not, to one of the least of these, he's talking about the brethren, as he did in the last, to the last group, the sheep, ye did not it unto me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. So I think reading it does well. It gets it in uh, its context, it, the, whole, the whole picture. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for... This portion of scripture you went above and beyond the answering the question of the disciples. And Lord, this informs us even to, to today. And Lord, bless the word as it's shared and may we have open hearts as been prayed and, and minds to the truth. And weld it, mend it, bind it to our hearts, Lord, that we forget not those things that you've made promises of. Things that you will do when you come. Bless the word in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so on the back of the bulletin you have the outline. 
and there's a yes, there's a few few spots to fill in. I'll try to keep in mind. I noticed when Tony was doing the adult class this morning, he emphasised the word a little bit that was to be filled in. He said it differently. If you notice, I I did with my ill hearing. I still heard him doing that. So I'll try to do that as we go through this evening. And so we have the prophecy here of the tribulation servants because this is in the context what he's just been talking about he's coming again as in verse 31 last week we started this have we asked you if you'd go home and maybe consider who he's talking to here or talking of he talked of a shepherd he talked of sheep he talked of goats and he talked of brethren the subject of the verses here Um, He referred to himself as a king, and here is coming, the Son of Man shall come in his glory. We looked at verse 31 last week. We looked at the throne. The throne was set. That's one of the fillings, actually. A throne was set there. Whoever is left after the decimation of the tribulation are gathered together as sheep and goats, living people on earth this is happening to them at that time and we went to and maybe have another brief look at the place so the throne is set the throne of the lord's judgment the judgment of nations here of peoples that are gathered together to have judgment issued upon them to allow into or not to allow into the kingdom is the issue of the judgment is the subject of the judgment So we see the throne set and now we see a throng assembled in verse 32 and 33. As we mentioned, the three groups as sheep, goats and my brethren. This is the throng assembled. And first of all, considering my brethren. In verse 40, we read there, And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch, and he's talking to the sheep, as ye have done it to One of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. So these sheep treated these brethren correctly. They helped them. They assisted them. When they were in prison, when they were hungry, when they were, you know, under the threat of death, they took them in. They fed them. They clothed them. And uh, you can see that people can take from this an application of looking after people that are in need. That, that is an application we can make and we could preach that. But the interpretation is when the king comes to sit on his throne, as we have in verse 31. And so the throng is made up of the brethren. Now, as we look through the scriptures, we find three groups that are called in the New Testament brethren. Um, the first one we'd think of is uh, who? The, the brethren. Christians who are born again now. We are brethren. And that's right through the New Testament. Hebrews 2 verse 11, speaking collectively of brethren, Christians, you're a brethren if you're saved. One of the brethren. Um, There's a second group in the New Testament that are called brethren. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 47, the Lord was inside a house preaching and teaching and ministering to people and his brethren were outside the house. And uh, some people tapped the other guy on the shoulder, hey, pass it on, pass it on. Tell the Lord your brethren are out here and want to talk to you. They saw 
They thought he was insane, <laughs> his brethren, because he was going in a direction and preaching a message that was stirring up the religious leaders. And if you keep doing this, you're going to get killed. Huh. And that's what happened. And he said then to the people, tell them, tell them, <laughs> pass the message back that these are my brethren. And he talked to the people in, of the people in the house. Uh, so that's like two uses of the brethren, the brethren that were his people that believed on him and the brethren of his family. So really that reference is a brethren to his family, Matthew 12, 47. Then there's a third group called brethren. And it's mentioned in Romans 9 and verse 3 where Paul said, My brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Now they won't necessarily say people. In fact, in the context, they're not saved people. He said, I wish I myself were cursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, that they might become Christians. And so they're his rallies. And that's the other use of the word brethren. Now, which group of brethren might be these in Matthew chapter 25? Which one could these be? Is it his family? No, long time gone. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Is it saved people? <laughs> what sort of saved people? Well, it is the brethren according to the flesh. His kinsmen, his countrymen. This is the one it's referring to here. The, the, the Jews. That's what he's talking about huh? in the context here. How do you treat the Jews. <laughs> what is your attitude toward them? This is not for us now. The interpretation is for a future day. And this is what the Lord is judging all the nations gathered together at the end of the decimation of seven years. And judging them on the basis of what they did to the brethren. Um, that, that is a very important to the Lord for that time, and I think it is also true today. What does the Bible say about our treatment of the brethren? Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And they that bless them, what does the Bible say? Will be blessed. That's the attitude we are to have. This in this time, we're not here. Church is not here in this, in this context. The church as we know it today, that's gone. And we have these people left at the end, a few survivors. So this is, my brethren are the Hebrew saints, Hebrew believers, that the Gentiles that have, have treated them well, have hid and, now look, Get it in its context. If you in that time treated a Jew with respect and fed them, what are you doing with your own life? Laying it on the line. Cory Timboon. <laughs> the righteous of the Gentiles. That's what the Jews called her. Who, whose family hid the Jews in the time of the Nazi the annihilation of Jews 
and they counted her as one of, an, an honoured one, an honoured Gentile. The righteous, they call them, the Jews call them righteous of the, Gentile, of the Gentiles because they treat them right. This is exactly what we're talking about here. The righteous in the Gentiles that treat the Jews correctly. And that's the brethren, the Hebrew <coughs> saints. Now the happy survivors in verse 30. And these are the sheep, the sheep that are mentioned in verse 32 and 33 and that are talked to in the following verses. <clears throat> the sheep are a common theme through scripture. These are the Gentile believing survivors huh, that have treated and haven't been killed by the Antichrist for treating the Jewish people correctly. The happy survivors. Verse 33, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand. You can't read yourself in here, though you are a sheep. <laughs> if you're the Lord, if you're a, a trusting the Lord Jesus. And so <clears throat> you have the happy survivors, the sheep. With what is said to them, they are happy. You know, this is what it means in later, earlier in Matthew where it says, you know, he that endureth to the end shall be saved. <laughs> they're still in their mortal bodies and they survived the tribulation. Miracle. Um, uh, when you read through what goes on, a miracle. <clears throat> And then you come to the th third group of people in verse 41. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, who are the goats, and they're also mentioned in verse 33, these are the heathen survivors, people who have survived the tribulation as unsaved people. Um, these are the goats, a destructive and, and foul-smelling creature. If you are told you smell like a billy goat, you better go home and have a shower and use some deodorant because <laughs> they smell pretty bad. <laughs> and as you think of the goat and the symbol of a goat, who, who uses the symbol of a goat? The devil yeah, and the devil's people. And so they're not a blessed thing at this time. The sheep are, but not the goats. Um, <clears throat> with all the murderous rage and hatred and the things that have happened in the tribulation, that they've tried to stamp the Jews out. They've tried to stamp believers out. Even as today, people try to stamp, have <laughs> the Hitlers tried to stamp the Jews out. Uh, is he around? The swastika is still around, but he's not. And people, even in the media, who are not Christians, criticize them for doing that. Some are on their side. Iran, the Ayatollah in command, wants to <laughs> wipe. Israel off the map and said in 25 years, he said a few years ago, Israel will no longer exist. <laughs> if he was a prophet, we could trust him, but we know, we know he's not. And he, you know who's not going to exist? Him. <laughs> he is not going to exist and he's doing everything. You see, we don't get all the news. And what we get is so corrupted sometimes. Go and listen to the real news. Where are the Iranians now <laughs> that would like to terminate the life of the nation of Israel they are right there in Syria they're trying to establish bases in Syria and you know what Israel's doing that's not reported also they're constantly going in and bombing the Iranian sites that are in Syria constantly right up to the Euphrates River they're getting their aircraft right through <laughs> and you know why Russia bought their surface-to-air missiles into Syria recently, and there's a big hue and cry about that, to shoot down the Israelis and their planes. They don't want them. And in the tribulation, they won't 
the, the Antichrist will turn on the Jews in the midst of that three and a half, seven years, in the midst of it, three and a half years, and try to annihilate them. Now, <clears throat> look, if we have got an attitude of hatred toward Jewish people, we have a problem. We are on the wrong side. We're on the wrong side. Replacement theology is on the wrong side. It's doing the devil's work. Don't hate the Jews. Pray for them. We've been told, bless them. Even if they curse you. <laughs> when you go there and see them in their garb, <laughs> you sort of <laughs> get over it. Get that hat off. It's 40 degrees and they've got a great woolly hat on. But anyway, that's how they identify them. When you see one of them, that's a Russian Jew, <laughs> an Orthodox Russian Jew. And, and you can identify them. But don't endeavor to put them down. <laughs> if it wasn't for the Jews, we would have one book in our Bible. You know what book it would be? Well, maybe two books. What two books will we have if it wasn't for the Jews? Only two. Luke, and Dr. Luke wrote the book of Acts. That's all we'd have. You know else what, what else we wouldn't have if it wasn't for the Jews? Anything to write about. Because the Messiah's promise in chapter 3 and verse 15 of Genesis, right to the end. And he came. We wouldn't have what the Lord's been up to and going to do. We wouldn't have any of that if it wasn't for the Jewish people. They meticulously, studiously, scribes, writing every jot and tittle. And if they found one thing out as they checked over it, they'd throw the whole thing out and start the book again. That's how meticulous, you know, they, they were fussy about what they wrote. And praise God they did because we have the preserved word of God because of them. <clears throat> now, what will the Antichrist do to those who dare to help the Jews? He will endeavour to kill them. And this is what these heathen survivors have done through the tribulation. They haven't fed them, they haven't clothed them, they haven't given them to drink, they put them in prison. Just what these verses have said. Uh, <clears throat> and... Uh, <clears throat> The, as I've mentioned before, the righteous of the Gentiles are known by the Jews as people who help them. You know, it's no coincidence that things are building closer between evangelical Christians that believe in what the Jews, the Jews should have the country and, and more of it than they've already got. That Benjamin Netanyahu just recently had a dinner for the righteous of the Gentiles, we might. I don't know if he calls them that. He put a dinner on for all the heads of the groups of righteous Christians who believe in Israel and he said you're our friends he got up and he spoke to them and he told them this he said if it wasn't for you we wouldn't have the real friends in this world he said you are on the same page as we are except for Jesus Christ you know <clears throat> one day I pray that he gets on the right page he becomes a Christian wouldn't it be great but that's, the, that's in the Lord's time and probably not in our time so pray for, for them to come around and they might, that they, they recognise that fact now. They see it and people who are Christians show respect to them. Um, <clears throat> How does the Lord con connect this to himself in verse 34 and 36? This is interesting to look at. 
34 to 36. Then shall the king say to them on his right, this is the Lord Jesus, saying to them, the sheep, come, blessed of my father, inherit this, the kingdom. I was hungry, you gave me to me. These are, these are, this is physical people, not in, in mortal bodies, not immortal bodies. You gave me to drink. Naked you clothed me, a sick and visited me, a prison came unto me. How is the Lord addressing these people? What, what is he using of himself? A personal, is it a personal pronoun? Me, 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 me. You've done it to me? And these sheep are saying, me, who, who, who are you? <laughs> They're saying, who, who are you? <laughs> and um, <clears throat> you, if you've done it to them, you've done it to me. It's like parents saying, um, to, to people that do things to their children, good or bad, if they've done it to, if they've done it to them, they've done it to me. And the Lord is saying of his, his uh, people here, his brethren, you've done it to them, you've done it to me. And let's take an application of that. We are to bless the brethren. We're to minister to the brethren. To the Christian first. That, it does say that in scripture. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> his children. He stands up for his children. The Lord stands up for his brethren. The people of Israel at that time. The book of Ezekiel 38 verse 18 and 19 and see how strongly he stands up for his people as a parent will stand up for their children and it, say, it reads in verse 18 of Ezekiel 38 and it shall come to pass at that same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel as five nations plus others and they come against Israel and saith the Lord God that my fury shall come up into my face <laughs> yeah. On the soccer fields, on the football fields, on the sports fields today, you see the parents on the side cheering for their children. And when children don't get what they think is their way, the parents' way, and they'll go up and fight the umpire or tell the umpire off or yell, or, and they've had to have police in there controlling them. I don't go to those events, but that's what they say is happening. The parents are standing up, maybe wrongfully, for their children. <laughs> And here the Lord standing up rightfully for his people. For in my jealousy and in my fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. God will stand up for his people. And watch out when he gets angry. <clears throat> so they are blessed. So there's the throng. The Hebrew saints, the happy survivors, the sheep, and the heathen survivors, the goats. And they are cursed as we go into we see a thrill, that's in your outline there, a thrill assured in verses 34 to verse 40. The thrill of happiness for the sheep, the believing ones, and the thrill of horror, the adrenaline that will rush through the veins of the living goats, unbelieving people at that time. This takes place on earth, as I mentioned before, and we looked at last week, with mortal souls, when he says separate them the sheep and the goats. And the particular location is given in Joel chapter 3, verse 2, and Joel chapter 3, verses 9 to 17. Um, <clears throat> the valley of Jehoshaphat. It's on earth. <laughs> it tells us in Joel's uh, writing, chapter 3. And it must be near to Jerusalem, as the context puts it. Some conclude it's the Kidron Valley that Brother McConnell spoke on there a little bit ago, and that's right near Jerusalem. Uh, they say it's where King Jehoshaphat defended the Mo defeated the Moabites and the Ammonites in Second Chronicles twenty twenty six, called the Valley of Barakah. 
Still others say it could be the new valley formed when the Lord's feet touch the Mount of Olives and it splits in two and an east-west valley is formed in Zechariah 14 verse 4. For they say that Jehoshaphat means Jehovah judges and therefore the Lord splits the Mount of Olives and it's the place of Jehoshaphat and as is mentioned in Joel and it's called Jehovah judges and I believe it's probably that it's near there and that how many are left how many are gathered together quite a few probably left they're the ones to populate the the millennial kingdom the thrilled sheep the redeemed the redeemed and I talked about there their standing is seen in verse 34 to 36 with wonder joy and amazement these sheep Stand at his right hand. Always good to be at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And uh, what are they going to inherit according to verse 34? King say to those on his right hand, Come, blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. This is mortal beings inheriting this kingdom that's promised. These are not the same as those who will live and reign with Christ in his kingdom on earth for the thousand years because they have immortal bodies. These have mortal bodies. The ones ruling and reigning with Christ over this period of time are mentioned in Revelation 24 to 6. And uh, these ones are living mortals gathered at the end of the tribulation. They have not been raised from the dead because they have not died. And so on what basis are they allowed into the Lord's kingdom by their works. You say, oh, a works salvation? Contrary to what uh, was spoken of in adult class this morning? No. It's by the way they treated the brethren, according to verse 40. And the king shall say to those, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch you've done it to them, you've done it to me. And it's the way they've treated them. Does this mean they're saved by works? No, not at all. But their salvation it's not, it's not based on works, it's based on they worked, they did that because they were believers. <laughs> That's the essence of it. Just like today, we as Christians do righteous things because we are made righteous by Christ, because we are Christians. We don't do them to become Christians. That's a definite fact. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done according to his mercy, he saved us. Just the same for these people. Just the same. No different. They're surprised in 37 and 39 and, well, when did we do this? When did we do this? When saw we a stranger and hungry and in prison and so forth? Yeah, <laughs> if they start, if, if, if it happens here in Albury and they start imprisoning, imprisoning Jews here and you were alive at that time and you thought, well, if I go down and take some tucker to them, everybody will know who I am. All the authorities will know. I look to see if I've got a mark here or here, and I'm in. I'm on death row, <laughs> really doing that sort of thing. And uh, because they do that, it proves that they have they have an earnest love for these the brethren of the Lord. These sheep have an earnest love, and they're surprised when they when the Lord speaks to them, and they say, "We haven't met you. How could we have ministered to you? You've done it to them. You've done it to me." Um, <clears throat> their salvation is seen in verse 40 so there's their standing in verse 34 to 36 their surprise in 37 to 39 and then their salvation in verse 40 it's said the king shall answer 
Verily I say unto you, as much you've done it to them, the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me, the righteous Gentiles. <clears throat> Treated the redeemed Jews justly. The Lord somehow, in the last three and a half years, protects the nation of Israel, or what's left of the nation, the third of the nation that's left. Whether they're scattered and spread throughout the world into other places, or whether they're into Moab, like a lot of people believe, they're given a, f a place there protected, but the Lord stops the flood of vengeance coming from the mouth of Antichrist and his armies against them. And he he's opens the, the earth opens up and swallows up the flood, it says. And um, <clears throat> the, the Lord protects them, but the, these righteous Gentiles, these sheep, help in the way. And that indicates their rebirth, um, <clears throat> that they're born again. Let's turn to Isaiah for a little bit in chapter 66. Last book, I mean last chapter in the book of Isaiah. We know some of the brethren, there's 12,000 from each tribe. <laughs> How do people treat them? How would you like to have a preacher for lunch? <laughs> in the first half of the tribulation. Invite one of the 144,000 home. He'll be down the street. He'll be up there on a box and shouting <laughs> about the gospel of the kingdom. He'll be preaching it real hard. Would you identify with him and walk up and say, come home for lunch? <laughs> if you were living there, we're not going to be there. <laughs> but if you were there, <laughs> would you invite him home for lunch? You see, you'd be counted as one of the sheep. You might survive the tribulation and be in this group. Uh, <clears throat> But here in the book of Isaiah, chapter 66 and verse 7, uh, it reads, Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain come, she was delivered of a man-child. Yeah, something, something's wrong there. <laughs> These things happened. <laughs> the pains, the birth pains of the nation of Israel will be then. She brought forth the child, the Lord Jesus. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such a things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? And we, we talk about uh, Nicodemus. Nicodemus, what did he have to be to enter into the kingdom of heaven? Born again. The nation of Israel will have to be born again. A nation will be born at once, for as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. And so it will be. In that day they will be born at once. They will realise and look upon him whom they have pierced, recognising him as a Messiah. If you go to verse 19 to 20, you just have to believe me on that. Read the rest of the inner context when you go home. Verse 19. And uh, it, in verse 20, I will set a sign among them and I will send those who escape of them into the, unto the nations to Tarshish and Pul and Lund and draw the bow to Tubal and Javan, and the islands afar off, who have not heard my fame, neither have seen my glory, and they shall declare my glory among the Gentiles. And they shall bring all your brethren for an offering unto the Lord out of all the nations, upon horses and in chariots and in litters and upon mules, and I like the last one, and swift beasts. 
buses and aeroplanes and tanks and troop carriers and whatever else. To my holy mountain, Jerusalem, saith the Lord, as the children of Israel, as the children of Israel bring an offering in a clean vessel unto the house of the Lord. They will be brought home and they will be there to be judged as either brethren, sheep or goats as the God gathers them together. Um, <clears throat> let's go back to the book of Matthew 25. Got to finish this chapter. Can't, can't not. We're right there near the end. The terrified goats are rejected. Verse 41. Terrible position to be in. 41 to 43. We see their curse. What curse there did these bring on their own heads? Everlasting fire. They have no hope. These are the ones that were branded by the, the Antichrist and received his mark in their foreheads. No hope of salvation, Revelation fourteen sixteen. And what does this verse say? And I'm glad that this verse is in the scripture. See the little, little verses that come up right like this one. Verse 41, Then shall he say to them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire. And the little phrase at the end, Prepared for the devil and his angels. Hey, you need to know this first when you're talking to unsaved people today. How could a God of love make a hell for people? He didn't. He made it for the devil and his angels. But he has had to enlarge hell because people reject the message of salvation. Hell is enlarged. And that's they choose to go there. They choose to go there. Prepared for the devil. Remember it. God is a God of love. He didn't prepare hell for you. But he had to enlarge it for you if you reject. He made it for the devil. <clears throat> what does that also indicate? There's something a little bit way in the background. Way back. Way back. Angels. Yep. Angels. Hell. Creation. When was hell created? After the devil fell? There you go. Just think about those things. <laughs> was it created there right in creation? And uh, hell is spoken of as being down and they come up, out of, and so forth. That's just, just an interesting thought as you go past. The cur their curse is seen in verse 41 to 43. And we see their complaint in verse 44. <clears throat> and they shall say, "What? when did we not see you like this? We can't remember seeing you before. <laughs> There is no jury, only the righteous judge the Lord Jesus sitting on his throne to judge the nations. Their complaint is not even considered. These would have had all the evidence, all the evidence in the world that God was working. It tells us in the book of Revelation, they hid themselves in the rocks and the dens of the world, of the earth, and said, hide us from the, the wrath of the Lamb. Hide us from him. And they had many evidences of his wonderful power working I think it's beginning to build the, when things happen in nature it's not mother nature it's God the father that's working and he's trying to say wake up wake up Australia wake up world this is what's happening and it, in, in, it's really you know, terrible things that happen but it's wake up why do you, why do you lose a million cows 
in one flood. Wake up, Australia. We are making and taking votes on issues that are contrary to God. Wake up. And if we continue to do so, we'll be in more hot water or more cold water or windy weather or whatever it is. Earthquakes. The Lord, the Lord has his ability. And in these people in that day will have had all the evidence, but they denied the truth that was in their face. So they were, they had, were sent strong delusion and believed the lie, 2 Thessalonians 2.11. And their condemnation last thought, in 45, then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it not to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment. And they're cast out from there. They've given immortal bodies to be punished forever, but the righteous into life eternal. <clears throat> they still try to justify themselves. Such is the heart of an unregenerate person still try to justify that what they believe and what they say is true. They'll be going on afterwards, after even... When the Lord, Lord, have we not done this and that in your name, they'll still be rattling and prattling on to the Lord himself. If you, do, <coughs> if you didn't do it to them, you didn't do it to me, said the Lord Jesus. Depart from me. What a contrast of destinations. As you see, verse 30, 46. Everlasting punishment, the righteous into eternal life, life eternal. Where's your destiny? It rests in God's hands, yes, but it also rests on the decision you make. Have you trusted the Lord Jesus as your saviour? Do you believe that he died for your sins, paid for your penalty? By faith, confess him and confess you're a sinner. Repent of that. Be born again. Be, be, as it were, one of the brethren. One of the brethren today. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, pray us that you'd help us to understand such big, broad concepts, truths that are contained in your word as we find in this chapter. Judgment, sheep, goats, brethren, and the shepherd. Coming one day, an awesome day for those that do not believe. Awesome day for those that do at that time ushered into the kingdom. Bless as we part. May we rejoice in what we have in the Lord Jesus delivered us from the hour of temptation that will come upon all the world to judge them that dwell on the earth. Thank you we've delivered us from this as Noah was delivered from the flood. You'll deliver us from the judgment. Bless as we part now in Jesus' name. Amen.